Welcome to the Welsh Music Prize Conversations, where each nominated band or artist from the 2020 shortlist will delve into a chat about their body of work. You can hear all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Croeso mawr i sgyrsia gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig, ble bydd pob un band ac artist sydd ar y rhestr fer 2020 yn cael sgwrs am ei gwaith. Mae modd gwrando'r bob un o'r sgyrsiau yma trwy AM, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. So sit back and enjoy this chat between Mike Williams and Eilert about their nominated album, Eilert. Gobeithio newch chi fwynhau'r sgwrs yma rhwng Mike Williams a Eilert am ei album, Eilert. It's very nice to hear your voice, Mark. Uh, it's, a... it's nice to hear yours too, Mike. I was thinking that I was obviously listening to the record a few times today to kind of get my head into where you guys might have been at when you were recording it. And I was thinking about how long you and I have known each other. And, you know, I guess it's probably, it's got to be like 15 years or something. And, yeah, yeah, know, totally. I've followed your career closely, uh, probably, you know, too closely at times <laughs> in that time and, you know, taking a great interest in it and also, you know, obviously being very impressed by it all the way through. And actually, as I was listening to it today, I was thinking how, you know, it really, it feels like, uh, you know, just like a, a major piece of work in your career. And actually, you know, I guess any artist who uh, you know, is producing creative work always wants to feel like they're improving. But, uh, you know, as someone who uh, was kind of weirdly obsessed with one of your previous bands, <laughs> it takes it takes quite a lot for me to say that I think it might actually be, the you know, the, be- the best thing I think I've uh, heard you do, which, uh, you know, as I said, someone who's uh, kind of had stalker-like obsessions with your uh, previous work. It takes a lot for me to say that, really. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, it, it feels nice. I mean, I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday with an artist uh, you'll be familiar with, I'd imagine, called, I think she's called, I'm going to say, try and say Marika Hackman. Um, she's on Transgressive in London, mm-hmm. but she said a really nice thing. And she said, my main goal was to have a long career. That's it. And I quite like that because I think sometimes people have all these different impressions of what your kind of, what a an artist's career should look like. But I just like the idea of just having a long one. And I sort of tweeted a few years back about um, I love live music so much that I want to do a um, a gig on my 90th birthday if I get get to be that long. And I'm, I, no, it was, I think I put 100. Both. I'll do, I, I want to do one on both. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. Well, I mean, I think that you've been so prolific really that uh i imagine that uh if you do i mean you know given the state of the world today it's the chances are you won't reach that age i'm afraid mark but uh <laughs> but should you should you i'm sure that you will do that because you know yeah. uh you know as i say you know we've known each other a long time and you know i thought for the the benefit of people listening uh we could sort of recap that a little bit and you know just uh don't want to make any assumptions that uh people know uh, no no of know, course not we go back and i was again just like thinking about it and actually uh thinking about that first introduction to your previous band that i was really into attacking the Fend, and it was 
me and a couple of my mates had just started our zine Kruger, which uh, you know we were very pleased with and were trying to sort of establish ourselves in the Cardiff scene. And we just met uh, a bunch of guys called Laser Safari who uh, seemed like the coolest guys in Cardiff. And John John Laser said to me that uh, there's this really good band playing at Floyd's upstairs bar called The Second Defend and you should come and check them out. And we came and saw you and thought that it was sort of mind-blowingly exciting what you were doing it felt really different to everything we'd seen in Cardiff and then we came and saw you again uh, I think it was in Maloko which was that cool place on Mill Lane and you know ended we, up I, just to be fair in fact I think you, I think you put that gig on Mike the, the Maloko one <laughs> yeah, yeah oh wow yeah. okay that's it was the obsession developed pretty quickly then yeah well, there's, there's actually video footage of that one um that uh, one of our friends has got I need to I need to find that that feels like a long time ago but yeah no that that period of time yeah it was just so exciting to be part of it and meeting all of you yeah meeting laser safari DJs that was that to me feels like the starting point for me about where everything started kind of moving in the direction I wanted it to I think because how much how much music have you made pre that because uh again for the benefit oh, yeah. of listen to that Attack and Defend was a band that you're in with your two brothers and another one of your mates. And, you know, it felt very, I think I would get called experimental quite a lot. And, you know, I'm not sure how sort of, you know, into that as a tag you are, but Attack and Defend really felt like a uh, band that was just sort of like working out how to be a band and working out <laughs> what, what, what it liked and what sounds it wanted to make and all those different things. And, uh, had you done anything musically before that? <laughs> well, no, not really. But yeah, we'd been doing sort of doing that for a little while by that point, I think, probably. Um, but I think exactly what you just said feels like what I still feel like now, in fairness. <laughs> people, just some people trying to work out what they're trying to do and what sounds right. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, that, that feels quite accurate to where we're at, where I'm at now. I, I think the reason why uh, me and Joe and Data really got into what you guys were doing though was because you know we really believed in what we were doing as kind of you know art as much as anything else and it felt like you guys were sort of like a fanzine in living form do you know what I mean like, you know we really felt like we totally identified with you because all those sort of like uh you know bumps in the road and all those stuff like uh learning the job and like fake it till you make it and all those yeah. all those sort of like amazing things that don't really matter if you've got your kind of like artistic heart in the right place you know you guys were sort of living on a stage what we were doing in our little office and we felt really connected to that and I think that uh you know I've always sort of felt that any like uh good sort of true art really has that where you can you know you can kind of find that really nice sort of melody underneath all that sort of like mad chaotic artistic expression and I think that's what you've done throughout with Isla and you know with your solo projects and all that too and I think this this album which uh, I think you know, on the surface, like a hell of a lot more accessible than quite a lot of work that you've done previously. I think that comes from exactly the same place, but maybe that like that kind of under, you know, that sort of melody that underscores your like art is just a little bit 
louder in the mix. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's definitely like a progression of everything you've done. And now you sort of feel like confident in, you know, being more poppy and being more accessible. So I think that's, it feels to me like a really beautiful progression from that, like really raucous and like, uh, you know, yeah, adventurous sound from way back, like 15 years ago. Yeah, totally. I, I, I can see what you mean there. And I think equally as well, yeah, with 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 Emma and Alex, who had both been in bands before we started Islet, and obviously at the time, my younger brother, JT, who was with us as well, like all because we'd been in bands, I think that's all your second band, you kind of work out a little bit more about what you were trying to do with your first band. And then, yeah, I do think there's something in that. But thank you as well for, for all of that as well. It was very nice, nice to hear all that. And it's nice to feel like you're progressing, I think, especially, you know, once you've been, once you've been doing it a while, it's nice to, yeah, continually keep moving, keep and attempting to keep moving forward. But it's, it's just because like, I always think of you as being like crazily prolific. You know, and like, there's always been, I've always kind of, in fact, thought like, as much as I love the name and love the band, I've always thought Islet was a bit of a sort of misnomer for you guys as a band. You know, obviously Islet means like, you know, small and uh, <laughs> and kind of removed, you know, it's like, you know, and, and you're, you're out and you've always sort of felt really like sort of much bigger than, you know, the sort of single thing you do and like super, super connected to, it, you know, like, you've not just been part of scenes, you've been like the sort of actual sort of center point of it through the different bands that you've done, your label, the zines, you know, the sort of like collaborative approach you've got, you know, you live out in the countryside in a house where other artists will come and stay with you and work with you and stuff, you know, that kind of absolute hub has felt like a real proper like factory of productivity. And then like, I look at this album and it's like the first like, proper album you've done in seven years and that just doesn't seem to fit with my idea of of you and emma uh being like constantly at it constantly creating yeah. music you know so it just i mean there's i'm sure like you know you, there's plenty of singles that have come out and there's plenty of busy work that's been going on but uh it just feels like uh, a big old gap for someone as productive as you are yeah i mean i suppose so i think we because yeah, we had an e- an EP out in that time, and I did a solo album. But yeah, it's nice to hear that you, you think I, I I've always if there's anything I kind of want to be known as weirdly it's prolific. But I don't I've never worked out why that is, and I've sort of been one of those people who much same as embarrassment has kind of got into like had my uh, dabblings with kind of the concept of pro- productivity and um, you know trying to. And, and that was one of the things I was saying in the build up to this album. I was like, I just want, I want us to put out more music, just a lot more music um, in the next few years. Cause yeah, I just find it so exciting releasing albums and releasing records. It's just, I just love doing it. And hence why I've basically dedicated my entire adult life to it. <laughs> um, and yeah, going back to what you said before, I totally agree in, in Cardiff at that point. And I don't know, I mean, it must have been, what, 2006, 7, 8, I think, that kind of type. No, actually, maybe 2005, 6, 7, 8, I guess. And, yeah, we, you know, similarly, we just, yeah, found a kinship in, in you and 
it was a very exciting kind of time to be out and about wandering the streets of Cardiff and yeah pubs and venues and live music and it, yeah I, I mean I, I obviously right now it's probably a little bit different but I wonder and it's really interesting to look back and you can really see like you were saying about scenes you can really see periods of time in your life when that was happening like there was that was happening and then then that kind of goes and then something else comes along and then yeah as you, yeah it's it's interesting when you kind of look back and you can kind of frame things like that do you know what i mean yeah totally because uh, i guess you know all all kind of scenes and all all like creative lives move in eras and phases and things don't they and mm. i feel like that time when we were in cardiff and uh you know there was a particular probably about four year splash where it just felt like there were so many great bands around so much going yeah. on everyone was a promoter every, do you know what i mean it's like every single night someone you knew was putting something on and it yeah. was always good and you know i've tried to, i've thought about it quite a lot over the years because i've lived in london for such a long time now and you know always felt really pulled back like emotionally and like creatively to cardiff because it's where i felt i felt like i sort of found you know my sort of like sense of what i wanted to do there yeah. and you know it's i think it was a it was an amazing sort of space and support network to be able to kind of do so much there and stuff but so i've kind of wondered whether i just had the idea that it was all good because uh i was in it at the time and you know you just kind of assumed that all your mates shit bands are brilliant just because you want to be supportive <laughs> and stuff but actually like uh during lockdown i decided that i was gonna make a massive epic playlist uh of uh like all ev basically every artist who'd ever been in kruger i was gonna make a playlist and put them all on and that obviously like reconnected me with like a million bands that I totally, totally forgot about, but all yeah. pretty much all of that Cardiff scene. And like this, it's brilliant. Like, you know what I mean? There's like some yeah. of the, some of the bands coming through there, like absolutely brilliant. And that's without even thinking about some of like the more like kind of smaller, like really esoteric stuff, like people like gin drinker and people like oh, that yeah. who, you know what I mean? Just like, just, just really interesting, exciting people doing really interesting things and then making people like you know attack and defend and threat mantics and people like that sound almost like mainstream by comparison <laughs> because there's so much going on there you know and i and just checking back in it actually genuinely like still feels and sounds really good and it was i think so many yeah. decent people if you think about who's come out of that scene there's so many people who actually like aren't just like you know, earning a living, but actually making really important music. Like, you know, Gweno, for example, like, look at, like, her work, like, you know, look at Kate LeBon, look at all those people who just, like, you know, Hawkline, just people from Cardiff who are genuinely making, like, you know, great music on anyone's level. Yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying that, I was kind of really thinking about the fact that uh, it was very art-focused and everyone was slightly unconventional and I, th I suppose it was before social media and before kind of all of that stuff so we were literally you know like um bands we had in common and stuff uh, and and attack and defend and yourselves the way we were marketing and and i 
I mean, it was, I don't think we'd have even seen it as marketing, but the way we were sort of promoting ourselves was very kind of unconventional and very guerrilla. For example, I can remember um, getting thrown out of WH Smith's on more than one occasion because I would go and put fly flyers for attack and defend gigs in, in all of the um, enemy magazines, <laughs> which obviously he went on to be the editor of, which kind of still blows my mind. Um, it, it, but and uh, sorry where I was going anyway yeah but like Emma went to um to the art uh college at the well at uh, Howard Gardens and like this in a way having somewhere like that where it was because that's now gone and I think things like that actually really have a big impact on kind of and a lot of you you would some of you had been there or all of you had been there I can't really remember but you know like it was just yeah there was a, quite a very artistic kind of unconventional thing going on absolutely i mean that, that's kind of kruger was sort of born from that really yeah. in that like joe and uh mike day had gone to uic and they were doing the, the graphic communication course essentially like a graphic version of fine art essentially and you know we all became pals and you know our yeah. first conversations weren't uh how are we going to make this magazine it was just like what creative thing are we going to do that gives us an outlet yeah. and gets us sort of into the cardiff that we want to be into because cardiff was great as far as like going out to the pubs and things but we knew that there was something else going on and we weren't quite sure what it was and yeah. how to get into it you know and we knew that like if we could just do something that felt really like honestly us you know, that's, again, you know, that's kind of why I feel like we all connected at that yeah. time is because there was a real, like, honesty in what everyone was doing and no one was doing it because they wanted loads of people to notice it. They did yeah. it because they wanted all their mates to like it and they wanted to like it themselves and they just wanted to sort of, like, uh, you know, just put their bit into that, like, you know, lovely little scene that was going on. And I think that's just the authenticity of it is why... Yeah so many people have come out of it and done you know done well for themselves whether that is like you know commercially well or just like managed to i guess like add some longevity to that yeah. like you know sort of uh catching a living thing that's you know that we all kind of feel we're doing sometimes you know so no, it, was, it was amazing and uh you know i don't think you can really capture that again because I, I, I guess I'd be interested to hear what you think about it from the countryside looking back into the city now. Because I saw, I guess there was a crossover where Islet were probably still a city band, but I think of I think of attacking oh, yeah, defenders yeah. being in the city and Islet as being in the countryside, I'd, you know, and yeah. uh, and you know you were still going into Cardiff and promoting gigs and things, but and you know playing a lot and but. Isla almost straight away had a an appeal outside of Cardiff that Attack and Fend didn't necessarily yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, almost immediately, you know, even back in, like, when those two uh, sort of mini-albums came out, uh, you were straight away getting coverage in NME and doing gigs in London and doing all that kind of thing in a way yeah. that maybe you hadn't with Attack and Defense. So, you know, it already felt like you had like a sort of wider orbit than Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I see what you mean totally. I mean, I think Islet felt like, especially when we started, it was very much, I suppose it wasn't because we were, we'd still be sort of practicing up at the farm at home, but uh, but we, we were quite an urban band in, to start with, just because we were living in Cardiff, yeah, and kind of, 
but yeah, we would we'd be we were going down the motorway to London a lot at the at that point, and yeah, just trying to hold it all together. But it was super exciting when we started, and like, yeah, it's funny because you can kind of get. I, I guess we had what I'm going to do inverted commas, but a buzz. Um, so that means some people kind of find that uh, people kind of I don't know almost criticized kind of buzz bands do you know what i mean the concept of one i'm not i'm i'm not retrospective retrospectively naming ourselves as one but i just mean it felt like something was there you know i know you mean uh, i remember coming to see you in that place cafe otto in yeah Dorsten, and definitely it felt like it was one of those gigs and you know i'd kind of been to enough new band gigs at that point to know if you were at one of those gigs or if you were <laughs> yeah. just at just at a gig like you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, de- it definitely felt like that and I remember sort of you know it was I haven't seen you live for such a long time I don't know uh whether this sort of still is how you how you do it but you the Cafe Otto setup was very much like you were on the same level as the audience yeah. so you had that like opportunity to do that thing of like almost like turning the entire room into part of your band basically you know so you were like kind of out in the crowd and you know using the whole space as an instrument essentially yeah i remember that just looking around and sort of that kind of blowing a few people's minds and stuff yeah. you know and just like people like oh yeah this is i guess you know, this is the place you know and yeah uh, yeah it was super good fun like yeah the memories of all of those first years you know first sort of i don't know three or four years or five years of Violet, yeah we were just kind of, yeah, just loved doing that. Um, but we, it's kind of, I mean, we've changed inevitably now, uh, being a bit older, not necessarily wiser, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're just good memories. I mean, to leap right from there yeah. to the new album, well, the, the, I'll say, I say new, but okay, the, it's new because it came out, uh, you know, most recently but yes. uh, that's if you don't sort of join the dots between that those early days you know the the mini albums the first full-length album you know you're coming up to sort of like 2012 at that point if you join, don't join the dots from like there to here in a way it could almost sound like a completely different band if you know your work then you can yeah. absolutely see the progression. You can totally see the evolution and you can totally sort of understand the way that it's, you know, the kind of shift in emphasis on who the lead singer is. And, you know, yet there's the, still the sort of sharing of vocals and things, you know, it kind of all makes sense if you, if you follow the, yeah. the path, but if you just leap from one to the other, the, the evolution and the, you know, the sort of change of pace is, you know, it feels like it could be a completely different artist almost. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I think we, I, I don't know, we just, things just kind of happen naturally, don't they? So you just kind of go with the flow. But the way we, ha- we the way we sort of had to write this album in a kind of more logistics way, because when we, when we were doing Islet as a four piece and we were down in Cardiff particularly, we would take advantage of the Music Box Super Saturday deal, which was £50 for an entire uh, 12 hours. So it was 10 a.m. till midnight. And we literally would get there at 10 a.m. and we would leave when they were locking up. And we would practice the entire time, like other than going out for lunch and having you know, a cup of instant coffee. Other than that, we would be like, just, uh, just that's what we love doing. 
we and we practiced like we played as well so we were kind of quite into it but then you know Emma and I have had a couple of kids we've moved up here time isn't quite as uh long in there, there isn't as many hours in the day as there used to be uh, so we've had to kind of recreate how we do it um and so a lot of this album was kind of born out of you know just little hours here and there of uh it, actually it started it started off as the four of us um with and that's what there's a couple of them where jt is on the drums but then he kind of left and we sort of just revamped the entire thing and you just you took those drum stems and then um kind of added to them in, in in a different way so but yeah we were just kind of cr clutching for time a lot of the time but yeah it just kind of i don't know just came together <laughs> just through sheer determination and desire was there a, like a i guess a sort of conscious uh sort of shift towards being you know kind of more melodic and by that i mean like for me you know my my expectations going into uh an islet record are that percussion's going to be really sort of quite dominant yeah. in, in places you know there's going to be a sharing of vocals and you know vocals kind of feeling like instrumentation not just not just there to deliver words but actually really sort of like layered and looped and you know all yeah. all part of like creating this world and you know sometimes kind of it's a bit abrasive sometimes it's quite ethereal you know but it all feels like a sort of like a massive soundscape with like percussion really yeah. like at the front of it you know and this record feels a lot more like it's got uh i said i think i kind of tried to allude to it earlier but that like that sort of melodic pop sensibility which has always been there right back to the early days of attack and defend has always been there but it just feels like the the layers that it sits underneath and maybe there are fewer of them and it's just a, a lot more like up top now and it feels like in places you know like a you know really like accessible psych pop record for example you know there are elements of it where you kind of unexpectedly like oh that's you know am I getting a bit of grimes there or something you know it's like you know you can yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah. you can kind of hear that in places and again you know throwbacks to maybe I'm just sort of like showing my era but I'm kind of thinking about like people like sort of Austria and Au Revoir Simone and people like that and stuff that I haven't really thought of and would never ever have associated with either before and it's really <laughs> interesting I said you know as I said right at the top it's uh uh, it all comes together to create something really quite, you know, amazing that, you know, might be my favourite thing that you guys have done. So it's oh, very cool. interesting to see the progression, but I'm interested in hearing how, you know, how sort of conscious and deliberate that was. Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, I've often thought it's almost problematic that we just, Emma and, I, like, and Alex, we just love so much music that it, it's kind of like we yeah in terms of genre or whatever we just sort of want to do so many different things that we end up writing lots of different types of songs I mean I guess I, I don't know most bands will probably say that I don't know but then again I don't even know how many bands I, d I don't actually know that many bands anymore in a sense of most people that I know or in my peers sort of write as individuals with a band so 
or or just as an individual so like to write as a band is is always a sort of cocktail of different um because that's how we write i mean some of it it might be like oh i've kind of you know essentially written the, the nuts and bolts of, of something here but then someone else will come along and, and f- throw a totally different thing on it like yeah one of the songs on the album called riddell 10 and oh that's my favorite how oh, is it oh cool yeah, yeah. well what a band like game. literally till the day before i was singing it and then i was singing a completely different melody but emma was kind of like oh Oh no, we did. I don't think she even showed it us. She just kind of, I, I sort of agreed. Well, I basically said mine isn't working. Let's do something else. And then she came up with that, and it was like that is amazing. Let's let's just go with that. And I think one thing that we've really learned how to do, and and this comes with being in a band for a long time, is like step out of the way of each other, and you have. To, yeah just kind of ego wise just kind of go like okay let's do the best thing for the music rather than for me um or what we all might perceive might be the best thing for the music so like i think yeah and and to try and encourage each other to kind of like push push ourselves to the limit of whatever that that kind of sound world is meant to be so um yeah yeah I, I was listening to um, I, as I mentioned the podcast earlier, but I'm I'm obsessed with podcasts. I think because um, I yeah they're just I mean that's why I'm glad to be on one right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, is the guy, uh, the fellow the drummer from Deerhoof called Greg, and he was saying they've they've existed. I think they've existed for twenty or twenty five years now, or something like that, a long long time. And he was saying that maintaining a band is just one of the hardest things to do. And yeah, I could, like, I agree with that. I mean, obviously there's much, 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 much millions perspective here, millions of harder things to do than maintaining a band. However, it's like not many people do it. They sort of fall by the wayside, but I think through, through just sheer force of like, I don't know, love of music, love of each other, which is like, ah, uh, I know I'm not answering your question anymore, but yeah, we're just kind of, yeah, just, just keep uh, keep doing it and keep loving making different different pieces. But does that I mentioned earlier that you know maybe you like it, but I, I think that if I if I were in a band and I were constantly uh, referred to as experimental, I think mm. that I, I that would be my head in because you know <laughs> I, I, I would feel like that. Uh, you know, that's just someone's someone's judgment on kind of thinking that it's always about sort of like throwing everything up in the air and seeing what happens. And I don't think that's ever really been what you've done or certainly not what I have ever done, yeah, d- you know, I, like... Yeah, I think there is a little maybe, bit of that. Maybe it is, though. There, maybe there is definitely, done. yeah. Okay, I mean, to me, it's like... So in which case, it's not annoying to be experimental, but... In, maybe I'm answering my own question, but what I was going to say is it's like everything kind of has some sort of conclusion, doesn't it? Where, you know, if you're kind of playing with something or testing something or, you know, trying something out at some point, you kind of know how to do it, you know? And I wonder whether you felt like what you've kind of like arrived at here, which feels like very together and coherent and it's still got all of those elements of you know what made either feel uh, very okay. exciting in the beginning but it feels like it's uh it's sort of held together with 
you know, something a bit more solid now, whether that was like the sort of the end of the road and now it's like, well, this is what we're going to do now. So then, you know, across, you know, you just signed to a new record label, essentially, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not putting your own records out, you know, you're in a new place. Is this like the next three records, we'll talk about them as whether they're good or not, not whether you've taken your sound in a completely different direction. Maybe that's, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. In terms of the experimental thing, I think in a way, yeah, we definitely bought that on ourselves, I suppose, by just trying, just being, like you were mentioning, our live shows and, yeah, we, we didn't kind of do anything by the book, I suppose. So, yeah, I remember actually when you were saying all that, our manager at the time when we first started, he was like, people people will always, um, that's it now, You're you're that that is what you are like if like you were saying your expectations of what an islet record might be he was like that's going to just stick with people forever and he's totally right it's like i was like no way we can do what we want we'll just change whatever you yeah people i think in music yeah the first impression people get is like that's it now (laughs) forevermore and you can be like but we've just released you know a death metal album but they're like yeah yeah no you're you're you sound like you you did when I first kind of imagined you. Well, the classic example of that, obviously, is Radiohead, isn't it? Where they mm. it's like twenty five years since they did the thing that uh, people still think they are. Yeah, they still yeah. Every time they release a record, it sounds just like you'd expect them to sound if you were following them closely enough. It's always some kind of like you know old. Radio went off doing a weird thing again, where it's like, why not? Because they've been doing this for 20 years. Like. Yeah, that's a nice example. And also, I will take some kind of, yeah, Radiohead comparison, I I, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and to the second thing you mentioned about signing to a new record label, I think that's been the thing that's just been like, oh, I don't know, it's just been amazing for, for us. Like, just to, I don't know, we because we've been releasing our own records and doing all that for so long and putting on gigs and just trying to be like that this was this is a chance to just go like oh let's let's focus on music and just do music and for the next you know and we signed a three album deal which means and and that was the first time really as well in a sense that we can go oh there's there's more in the future for definite for absolute 100% because we were always kind of just you know how it is you're just kind of chasing your tail around and like you never really know and and to have that future future facing kind of approach was just amazing and and like they the thing is they actually press records and sell them in shops and it kind of yeah i don't know it's just they're just really good and really encouraging in case anyone listening isn't sure the label we're talking about so you've signed to fire records who, yeah who are your current label mates then? I think Black Lips might be on there at the moment. Yes, Black, Who else Black is... Lips, uh, Jane Weaver, um, Vanishing Twin, Virginia Wing, Modern Studies, Pictish Trail, um, Great. and just loads of stuff. But They're yeah. really interesting. They were that kind of were there really early on like Neutral Milk Hotel and Pulp and people like that, weren't they? Uh, so that's, you know, they've, they've been around a long time. Yeah, but they're just kind of really building something now and you can really feel it. Like, yeah, we went down and did a, a sort of, it was the first time, yeah, it was the first time we played in London since, we hadn't played in London, I think for either four years or five years, I kept going on about it and now I've forgotten, um, which is ridiculous. 
but that's how it was and then yeah they put they put a kind of night together with as many of the acts as they could get essentially from the label and it was just like it's just one of those times of kind of like ah oh, we've we this is like we're just saying about scenes and sort of we're like oh we're part of a new thing now this is what's happening and this is well exciting and it was yeah it was like in some big warehouse in london and it was just kind of you know it was yeah it was super fun how does that sit with you though because like i guess maybe you've already said that you know it allows you to kind of concentrate on making music but like I, th- I don't know, I've, I've sort of always seen you as like a bit of a kindred spirit in the sense that like I'm a like total major control freak when it comes to like, you know, what that sort of creative thing that I've got around me. And I've always kind of in 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 like a, you know, a, a positive and, you know, kind of uh, connected way. But I've sort of thought of mm. you as the same, really, and especially like that, the, the little like cottage industry you built around yourself with you know like taking care of all elements of your releases and your promotion and like the total like kind of you know really like owned identity of what your band was and nobody really apart from you guys in the band were ever like allowed to like in any way try and steer that because it was you know because it was like that sort of like honest like artistic output so like no one's going to say oh maybe you should like say this about yourselves it's like no no this is what we are and we're going to say this and this is it matters to us for this reason so given that given that up and passing control over to someone at this stage it's probably quite different to like when you were doing things with like baby trap and turnstile and stuff before because it's still really they were facilitating mm. you being able to still do your own thing you know whereas this yeah. is different this is like a legit label that you are signed to in yeah. the three three album deal yeah well it, i mean that's what's been so i mean when i said it's been amazing that's massively part of it is to just hand over all of all, a lot of that stuff and just be like just focus so much on art and music and I just realized, I think, I, again, when I, I was harking back to, I, I said about productivity, but I sort of got into like, I guess a little bit of uh, almost having a bit of a life review and going like, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? What do I want to be when I'm grown up? Kind of thing, <laughs> You know, age 30, whatever. And um, like, I just, I, at, one, at one stage I was promoting, running a label, being in a band, managing, setting up a publishing company like and I think I must I think a little fuse must have blown and I just kind of went oh just what on earth are you doing this is like way too much you just need to choose and then I and I started lecturing at the time at like teaching sort of thing as well and it was just like I sort of wrote down one day all the things I was doing and just went <laughs> I was, I've just remembered I'm not on video I that was me cutting cutting things out and just destroying them and drawing a line through them and I really like can't believe how much I just went that's the end of that that's it I mean admittedly a lot of it still kind of there dormant to bring back like the label especially that's that I haven't that that's something that I want to kind of that we will do stuff with again but like the rest of it certain things that I don't know yeah giving over that kind of element of control and distribution and all those nuts and bolts things that I suppose the inverted commas more kind of boring or not don't want to say it's boring but like 
administrative or sort of whatever kind of stuff it's like wow being free of that has been a real like weight off my mind essentially <laughs> well i guess uh not having to do it but knowing how it should be done is probably quite uh an asset then you know when yeah. you haven't got to get stuck in and do it but uh a friend yeah. of mine had a had a good saying which i've uh sort of carried with me in terms of like my sort of like thoughts around how i work with other people and his saying was like never trust the chef who's never done the dishes and <laughs> i think i think that that's uh it's a you know it's, it's yeah. it makes perfect sense and i think you know like uh you have done the dishes you know and so you know you know how it all works yeah. and you know if you want to sort of leave it and let someone else do it great and if you want to kind of get involved and pick it up again you you know what to do yeah exactly yeah no i like that that's quite nice i've certainly done the dishes quite a few times yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but that yeah that, that's you're right though that's that is that's a really kind of quite good approach actually and a good way of looking at it so like you know we're obviously we're we're talking on, uh, you know, Zoom and some you know, <laughs> co complicated yeah. thing that I've got. I'm not an audiophile. Yeah. I've got no idea. But uh, because you know the the world's in a uh, kind of interesting place at the moment, and uh, you know, as someone who you know, you're you're into like physical media. You're mm -hmm. very much into live performance you know we sort of alluded to talking about that cast biota gig but you're into that sort of the really sort of tangible tactile side of like what you do you know how how difficult or like sort of absent do things feel at the moment for you like you know sort of creating music and putting it out there in a world where you can't like touch as many things and hold as many things mm. close to you you know does it make those physical things that we can still have feel more important or do you feel kind of quite removed from it all being out uh, in your sort of weathering heights in the countryside <laughs> there's definitely definitely an element of feeling quite removed from it actually um in terms of yeah like we haven't been we, we kind of we'd already learned to live in this way which was like we're not we weren't going to the pub or going to the shops or doing going to the gallery in the day or the cinema or whatever because we just we live so far away from anything for anyone who doesn't yeah we're like in right in the in in mid powers in mid wales so like i mean obviously you know the nearest shop is like i don't know 20 minutes sort of thing so like we, we'd already sort of trained ourselves to live that kind of lifestyle anyway um so it wasn't that big hasn't been that big a shift in that sense but it's been really nice in a weird way, like the community around here, you know, like even today, like my mum left like a bag of food at the bottom of the gate and my uncles left like sacks of potatoes, and, you know, like it's just like stuff like that has been really cool um, and kind of quite community-ish. But I do really feel for people who who are just stuck in, in places and I know that we're we're really aware that we're just very lucky to uh, live in 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 the countryside, um, at, especially at a time like this. Um, what was the other thing I think you said? Um, you mentioned just like love oh, of yeah, like yeah. physical media and just like just like physical things and physical space. Well, yeah, I mean, we were pretty sad at the start because basically our album came out 
in March and then it kind of hit hit this whole thing head on whereas I think if we'd man if it had been released or planned to be released I don't know later on like if quite a few people have then planned how to do it but I think ours just kind of got I mean anyone who's released anything or and everyone's got their stories of what you know what's COVID done to ruin their life kind of thing but yeah I did I was I didn't ever feel sorry for us but I felt quite sad for a while because we basically had loads of gigs and ones that had always been like sounds like almost like goals for me um personally for a long time for example Glastonbury because it was mm -hmm. like um like basically whatever we did with Isla um Emma's granddad who's now 93 and sadly had to move into a home during all of this like he every year he would whatever we did however how many albums whatever press we had is like I can't, I can't see your name on Glastonbury essentially <laughs> like, and so that was like the barometer of of success and then we actually finally got booked on the like uh, actually for the actual festival and then it all got ripped away so yeah I, I felt quite sad but I've got over it yeah that must have been uh like a punch really so yeah and it, what it do is... you know about uh like anyone's commitment to rebooking the cancelled <laughs> well we, we had another one which is um in cardiff castle um which i quite like because you're talking about floyd's floyd's bar for example which when you mentioned that earlier in, in my previous band which i think the capacity of floyd's bar was either 30 10. or 35 <laughs> yeah or 20 or something like that so like i quite like playing in the same postcode uh, anyway, we were going to play in Cardiff Castle supporting Foles, um, but that has been rebooked. So I'm just we're just sort of super fingers crossed that maybe it will happen. But I just I don't know. It was that it was weird that bit of time when everyone was kind of I felt really sorry. For, you know, I mean us included, but like lo lots of bands had like oh we'll we'll rebook our May dates for September. Oh, actually we'll rebook our September dates for november oh no you know and they were and then let's just put them 12 months and even the ones that have gone 12 months in advance it's like who knows it's awful it's absolutely terrible like i just i don't know like i and and people like we basically uh we've had the same booking agent liam who's like just you know we're like best mates with him because we've 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 had him as our booking agent since we started literally he got on board he was the first kind of industry person to get on board he came up to a gig in um it was called cardiff arts institute i think oh, right. and, yeah, I yeah yeah and um he came up to that and like yeah we he kind of you know we started working together and then uh he's still and you know anyway he he isn't able to work and it's just it's horrendous seeing it sort of yeah, I don't know. There we go. But anyway, I miss it all. I miss it all. Is the answer? Have you been finding kind of any sort of solace in in sort of new music discovery, or you're talking a lot about podcasts earlier? What's been like the uh, kind of go-to media or art thing? Well, because I, I've found I, that I've been maybe in sort of solidarity with my own industry, just been taking out loads of subscriptions mm. to magazines to make sure that I've got like stuff coming through my door and that I'm supporting them. You know, if all the shops shut and I can't go to the shop to buy them, I've been like, you know, ordering subscriptions to like things like a 
there's this like avant-garde football art magazine called ETH, which I uh, oh, nice. really, really like. And there's this really good like slow news magazine called Delayed Gratification, which I really like. And it's just a load of things like that. I've just been piling on the subscriptions just so that like as often as possible every week, I've just got some thud coming through the letterbox. And uh, yeah, it's, been, yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been amazing because I've spent the last like five or six years just commuting and listening to podcasts relentlessly. And now that I don't leave my house very often, the that sort of podcast listening's really gone down the tube, you know, so... Uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I don't end up listening to them at home. It's either commuting or going on a walk, but... Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, similarly, we've definitely kind of gone right. We need to, for example, this um, uh, Bandcamp, which is I don't know how everyone much everyone knows about Bandcamp, but they it's like a place to sell albums and things online. And they started doing these brilliant sort of Bandcamp days where they waiver the fees that everyone, obviously, most people listening probably know about. But um, I think we've just had been really conscious to yeah support friends and artists who are like releasing records or whatever and try and buy them um so yeah i know exactly what you mean about stuff arriving in the post and um but i i did have a subscription to loud and quiet um but that ran out and then they gave us they gave us a bad review of the magazine and i couldn't i just haven't bought myself to renew it even though i absolutely love loud <laughs> and quiet and i love the podcast <laughs> the podcast is very good uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I you know I uh, I like Lion Quiet and uh, Kruger alumni Craig Cochran yeah. uh, works there, so that. you know uh, who lives down the road from me now as well. So uh, I did think I I'm sure Greg won't mind me uh, being critical of that. I did think that that uh, review was a little. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> well, it not was not very well, not very well written and didn't really yeah. understand the record. But you know, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. that's a bit bitching. Well, but, but the weird thing was, right? It was one of my a bit like my Glastonbury goal. I have these little kind of right. That's what I want to happen. And because I had a subscription to Loud and Quiet, I was like, I can't. I've, it's an aim again now to kind of just be in Loud and Quiet because I was I had a subscription, so it would arrive and I'd get it. And the subscription ran out. The issue before that. No, did it or did it run out on that issue or something? I got it. I was like, oh, for God. <laughs> that's that's that that's a goal. But yeah, anyway. But anyway, I just if in case loud and quiet. Ah, oh, listen, I do love loud and quiet still, and I understand the need for uh, sort of artistic kind of criticism, I suppose, but not like that. <laughs> yeah, it reads like uh, you can't even say it reads like a seven. It reads like a five, even at six. <laughs> That's actually really true. It does, but yeah, that when we had the six out of tens, always they're just always quite irksome. Actually, I like it. I like a good four or a nice seven, or like obviously like an eight or a nine. Love a ten, but a six, pff, it's boring. Well, yeah, it's kind of no. No one wants to be in that sort of middle place. Because if if you get like a if you get like a two, it's funny, isn't it? You know, and if you get a if you get a mm. nine, then it's fantastic. But yeah, no one wants a no one wants a six. But that's yeah. the thing. It's like no, as someone who's written a, a few reviews of records mm. and stuff, no one wants to write a six either. So I don't know like why you would ever really want to write a six. Because writing a six is like that's just like. 
it's just a face and saying, I listened to this record to the end, you know, there's nothing, you're not really <laughs> do, doing anything with it, you know, so no one even wants to do that, really. Like, uh, I'm not saying that, like, uh, anyone should skew their scores for the sake of a bit of drama, but, like, yeah. uh, is is any album really a six? I don't know. I don't think it is. I forgot that I meant to act be acting really cool and say that I don't read my reviews, so I'd like to retract all of that. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So who, who do you, who would you uh, give sort of top marks to at the moment? Who have you been listening to, whether new or like new to you? You know, it might be like a, uh, I saw you tweeting something uh, today actually about a, a tune that was like totally uh, in your head. And I thought, seeing as we're going to uh, chat, today i should check it out i'm just gonna i wrote a note it was a uh, ed Askew. yeah uh I, I loved that i thought it was great yeah no i mean yeah it's like a just a, a, a it's sort of quite i think it's quite old it must be 70s or something but that's off a playlist that was put together by woodsist records who an american label who i was kind of quite into and then i found this playlist and i was kind of loving that i think weirdly i've been listening to not i say weirdly it's not weird at all but nts um they've got this kind of like continuous uh, different like sort of almost options you can choose and one's called now i've said it vintage or something like that and then one's called focus or yeah and they're just really nice um and they just go on for eight and then you just find lots of other stuff off the back of that um to represent some people um uh, i'm not actually fully convinced i'm saying that right but um it's one of the members of Flamingods, uh, who have been like long, oh, yeah. long-standing. You had them out in shape, didn't you? Yeah, and then they kind of went on to sign to Moshi in the end. And th- actually, this is out on Moshi Moshi. And um, yeah, Emma bought that the other day, and we've had that on. That's been that's great. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Just I've you know when you I listen to just huge amounts of music, but as soon as you put on this on that that question of what have you been listening to, you just kind of every single bit of it leaves your mind, and you uh, actually have no idea. And you, yeah. What about you? Uh, I probably sort of stumbled on the same words. I I really like. I sort of hadn't heard like a sort of tight guitar band that I really liked for a long, long time. And then I got really into Fontaine's DC. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like them, the Irish band from, from Dublin. And this, you know, it's fairly kind of, uh, in a way, it's sort of straight up sort of clash style punk, but they've got, uh, they've got something really going for them, I think. You know, again, they've got that kind of, you know, real, real like pop melody underneath it. The guy, the lead singer is really charismatic, great voice, you know, yeah. I really like them. Uh, also, uh, I think because I, because I work from home all the time now and I'm just trying to sort of blot out home noises while working, mm. I end up listening to loads of instrumental stuff. So things yeah. that like maybe I wouldn't have given that much time to before, but I really end up listening to things like Clams Casino and stuff like that, you know, just like instrumental beats. But there's one thing that actually, which I just remembered that I really got into, which is that really old that uh, I got into a few months ago that I just play all the time, which is this, uh, this, uh, Welsh singer called Endav Emlyn from uh, he's like North Walian. Uh, he's still going now, but I think he's more of like a sort of 
TV and filmmaker now, but he brought out this album called Hiraith in like the early 70s. And he's from like the North Wales coast. And it's this really beautiful, like sort of Beach Boysy kind of thing. It's like just totally amazing. And uh, I'd never heard of the guy before. And then oh. uh, I've listened to it like loads of last few months, then checked in with like mates of mine who were like way more connected to the Welsh language scene. And they're like, oh yeah, of course. I mean, how do you not know this guy? He's an absolute legend. You know, when you just sort of, you just have like a gap and you just missed out on something, but other people, you know, have been all over it, you know? So, oh yeah. Uh, well, kind of on that subject, but now you've, you've reminded me what I have been listening to, which is, um, in fact, you'd know him as Jack Koyak, but Reese, um, he, he's, set up all it is is just on on um instagram but it's called on 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 but 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 which i know you know um <laughs> but um he he's just been doing these kind of graphic scores and they're really they're only available on instagram but i've just yeah i've been absolutely loving what he's kind of the atmosphere that he's creating um and another band that I I just... that's, a, that's a name that i haven't heard for like 10 years jack this, <laughs> yeah, well. this is this is great like i haven't said like the word like threat mantics out loud yeah, for no, like I, 10 years I, either so this is great i enjoyed hearing you say threat mantics actually yeah <laughs> uh, I, i've also been listening to a band called drab city who oh, right, quite, okay. have you heard them i think Maybe. it's on bella, bella union i think okay um, that's nice really nice yeah no it's 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 good i think uh uh having spent so many years like really like kind of partly because i really wanted to be across as much new music as possible but partly because i really needed to be for work uh it was actually really amazing when i when i first left nme and i stopped working in music itself it was really lovely just to have like a a year or so of not really listening to anything apart from just like my sort of favorite old yeah. things that I've just been into. And then like over like the past sort of like year or two, it's been really nice. Like, uh, uh, just getting like recommendations off pals of mine, uh, you know, like mates from enemy or mates who've like gone and yeah. worked elsewhere who were still totally connected to it. It's really nice. Like, uh, you know, someone like Matt Wilkinson, who's now like a beats one, uh, DJ ah, okay, who yeah. was was a colleague of mine that enemy so he's still across absolutely everything so if yeah. I ever chat to him I'll come away with like five amazing new things to listen to yeah. but rather than taking one day to listen to all that now that will take me like three months or whatever so yeah. I don't need to have as much of a fix and it's yeah it's it's, it's nice to still have things but just as nice to discover end of emlyn from like 1972 as yeah. it is to discover fontaine's dc from like you know last year yeah yeah well, you have to send me send me the end of was it end of emlyn yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. the other one nice. the other thing that i've just remembered that's come back into my mind that i constantly listened to it was a lockdown made in lockdown album which i was quite dubious of made in lockdown things for a while but um it was little sims and I think oh, yeah, be yeah. because I live, we live in the middle of nowhere, as I've already said, and that's such a kind of London kind of city kind of, I don't know, there was just, I don't know, I felt super excited when I first heard that. Um, I can't remember what the name of the record is, but it's proper, yeah. And it's so kind of, yeah, simple is completely the wrong word because minimalist, but amazing, yeah. Well, you know what? I actually had the same fear that uh, lockdown would just produce loads of really awful 
art. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think it's produced some pretty great stuff. There's, there's a film that uh, I think is one of the best things that's come out this year called Host, which is basically, it's a horror movie that is uh, all set in Zoom. And it's basically a group of friends get together to have a seance on Zoom. Oh, wow. And then it turns into a slasher movie on zoom and it just all happens when you're there and it's absolutely it's totally amazing it's really genuinely like just fantastic the way they've you know used the 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 medium of the year to like actually just sort of play a few tricks and just create something yeah yeah, yeah. just just fantastic and it's one of those things where that like 50 people had a similar idea but the person who was like the quickest just got it done did it really well and it's there and actually I think this kind of period of uh, enforced, like, I guess, you know, lack of sort of movement and transgression and travel and stuff maybe has, like, honed a few people's minds into yeah. uh, much better creative projects than I maybe feared it would. Well, that's what, I mean, because there, there was that little stage where I imagine every single musician in the country either had a folder on their desktop, could either, like, lockdown jams or quarantunes or you know yeah, yeah. any of that kind of stuff and i was just going oh no oh yeah uh, think about yeah. how many dystopian novels have been written over the past yeah. few months about uh london 2048 yeah. viruses ripped through you know well i mean maybe a good place for us to kind of start uh like sort of wrapping our conversation yeah. up but uh how is that kind of uh how's that sort of manifested for you and emma then in terms of sort of lockdown creativity is there is there another album that you're sat on ready to ready to come out at some point soon or you know and if so kind of uh how, how's that sort of moved on from the record we've been talking about today well we're, we're definitely not sat on a islet record at the moment i think we're after this one we were just kind of right what we're really kind of similar to what you were kind of saying but we we're like what do we want to sound like where do we want to go who do we want to be for the next one kind of thing so i think we're, we're massively kind of talking about it almost every, daily but we haven't kind of really started to put anything together for it however i have done again mainly due to logistics and a lot of things a lot of artistic choices tend to come down to logistics but i i recorded a my solo project is farmhand so i recorded like a what is going to be an album with my friend uh, steve sweet baboo he came up um when he was allowed to and then we we did that and it's really like yeah really minimal and i don't know another kind of I just my main life goal, I think, is to release some kind of album every single year. Like you said about being prolific, that is kind of something that I kind of want. I don't, I don't even particularly know why. It's just some kind of like weird drive. Because um, my big thing in when I, in my twenties was always saying I'm going to release five albums by the time I'm thirty, and I, I, ma- I just managed that by the skin of my teeth. So now I need to uh, do the same kind of thing, but I don't know why I need to. I just that's the type of thing I say to myself as I'm falling asleep. But that's, you know, it's the, it's the urge and the drive that keeps uh, creative minds ticking, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, a very, it's sort of strange, but yeah, some people have that and some people just really, really don't. And then I guess as you, as you go through life, you realise, yeah, a lot of people have kind of dropped off 
that you thought might have been like that and then you go oh where have they got oh they've just completely stopped making music why you know because uh, i just yeah i'm so addicted to it and so is emma that it's like this it's almost like not even a choice <laughs> well i think you can tell that in this record mark it's a yeah. really fantastic piece of work congratulations on you know creating a really beautiful thing uh I'm gonna Thank give you. it. I'm gonna give it six as well, but, uh, <laughs> but, but out of six. Oh, phew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, and it's been lovely to catch up with you. Uh, very. It's almost quite a surreal way of catching up, but it, it's even. It's been extra enjoyable. I think. It's, it's nice. It's nice to sort of peer into each other's uh, houses too. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Um, well. <laughs> How do we end? Do we just sort of go, thank you very much? Sounds as good a way as any to me. Thank you very much, Mark. <laughs> thanks, Mike, and thanks to everyone who's listened this far. Good on you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welsh Music Prize Conversations with the 2020 shortlisted bands and artists. You can stream all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it or let us know through our social media channels at Welsh Music Prize. Diolch yn fawr am rando i sgyrsiau gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig gyda'r bands ac artistiaid o'r rhestr fer 2020. Mae modd gwrando i bob un sgwrs trwy AM, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. Os ydych chi wedi mwynhau'r podcast yma, Gwnewch yn siŵr i'r anni neu adl ni o bod trwy'n sianeli cyfryngau cymdeithasol at Welsh Music Prize.